I realized that there's one topic that we don't really touch, which is like so important. We usually touch on finances, we touch on skill sets, we touch on every single thing except our physical and our mental health. So in this episode, I sat down with Dr. Natalie Nome Shoki. Man, she touched on some like interesting things. I saw her for a few consultations and my life changed completely. You know, we can only be as good as we feel. And sometimes we just stay working so hard and we don't really focus on our health, which is so important. And we are all the biggest asset in our business and our career. If we go down, if something happens, then our work go down. You know, we can only put out what we have in. So if you're stressed, if you're tired, if you're in pain, then you're not going to produce at your full potential. Therefore, your work, your craft, your effort will lose impact. And you're not going to be able to serve and give to your 100%. It's, it's a long one, but please stick to it, stay tuned, observe all this information. And I'm bringing it to you because I want all of us to be well and do well so that we can produce well and be more. I, my name is Natalie Nora Nume, and I'm a general and functional medicine physician. So I'm a doctor. <laughs> a doctor, good. It's a mouthful. <laughs> All right, so when did you know you wanted to be a doctor? Um, I knew I wanted to be a doctor from a very young age, but maybe not for the reasons that you would think. Um, it wasn't like a fairy tale where it was like, I won't be a doctor when I grow up. Um, it was an assignment. My dad was adamant that me and my siblings be professionals <laughs> when we grow up and um, my assignment was to be a doctor so clearly he saw something in me that uh, fit that description <laughs> right right what pushed you to have your own practice the need to do things differently i'd say um you know when you first graduate from medical school and you're working in the conventional path um, you're kind of just doing what you were taught and um, as I gained more experience working um, in a particular facility, I was seeing thousands of patients. Like I was seeing like 40 patients a day. And it was, I felt like a drug dealer after a while <laughs> because, you know, people were having symptoms and then I was just prescribing them medications as I was taught, you know? So you have somebody who comes in with a particular diagnosis sinusitis for example it's like okay well you need antibiotics you have migraines okay well you need pain relief um you know you have diabetes will you start taking this medication it started to feel very unfulfilling because you can silence someone's symptoms um for a period of time but you don't actually help them to heal and get better and improve the quality of their life with just prescription medicine and you know you'd only get like 10 minutes with the person at a time so you don't even know this person as an individual you're just seeing them as a diagnosis and so i think that's where where my journey began um how i found functional medicine because i didn't even know it existed um interestingly i actually stumbled upon functional medicine through a series of rejection so it was when i was in medical school it was um there's a straight and narrow path there's you know ophthalmology surgery orthopedics well-established programs uh, just for example family medicine 
uh, and I was actually going for family medicine and we were always told you know you need to specialize like don't just be a GP you need to specialize and so you know I had dabbled in all of those areas and GP work allows you to do that you see a, a very wide variety of diseases patients of all ages and so on um, and I, I gravitated towards family medicine uh, because it's just more holistic mm -hmm. and what I was trying to do at the time so I'm giving you some failure stories right these are not much success stories which people don't really talk about no we need those um, yeah people don't really talk about so I did my US board exams which I had good scores um, I traveled overseas several times I had interviews with some of the greatest hospitals and my interviews were fantastic and so what I was trying to do was go overseas to pursue family medicine which is conventional medicine so it's more of the medicine that I would have been taught right. um, and I basically spent all of my money that I had um, saved up during internship to do exams and interviews and at the end of it I didn't I wasn't successful in being accepted into a program overseas and that happened over a two i think three years actually in three years i me trying to get into these different hospitals it didn't work out um and obviously at that time it's it appeared to be major failure which i think a lot of physicians young physicians um, experience because it's not easy to match in the states um and yeah, I just didn't get through and I felt like I was stuck in Barbados and I just didn't know what to do. And I was in a high volume nonprofit organization, uh, seeing a lot of patients and it was, it was a, an amazing experience. It's only like, you know, hindsight is 2020. Mm -hmm. So you look back and you see how good of an experience it was, but I felt a little trapped, a little stuck. Um, I felt like a failure at some times, but I think that's why that's how I found my path. Right. Uh, right. I was just redirection. I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. Right. Like, right. You know, rejection is redirection. Redirection, it's, correct. Absolutely, it's God's way of telling you, you you're knocking on the wrong doors, or maybe you need to develop more, or you're not ready. Yeah. When when doors keep closing in your face, it's easy to be discouraged and, you know, bitter or confused you know but it's um it's an invitation it's an invitation when there's rejection in your life or things aren't going the way that you have planned um it's an invitation to really zoom out of your life and say hey what what's really going on here um and it doesn't mean that you doubt yourself or say hey i'm not good enough for this it means what if there are other possibilities? Maybe there's another path that you're not looking at. Maybe the plan is bigger than you thought it would be. And we have to start looking at our blind spots. So it's kind of like God's plan is way bigger than anything that we could imagine. 100%. <laughs> yeah. All right. So is there any other challenges that you would have faced and you overcome? Well, when you're talking about um, medicine in particular, in this field of medicine, um, initially it was, well, because it's not popular, 
I didn't know anyone else who was practicing functional medicine or studied this style of medicine in the Caribbean. Um, it was foreign and I, in a way it was isolating and intimidating because nobody else was doing it. So one of the challenges was one, identifying the path, the path which came kind of revealed itself after going through several failures. Um, and then the, the, the other part to that is actually creating that path because it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So navigating that on my own, I would say was challenging. And I say it on my own, um, not to say that I didn't have support because I did have support along the way, you know, Bajan say the Lord don't come, but he descends. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it was definitely challenging as a young physician, uh, embarking in this new newer field of medicine uh, i say new because it's really not new but not having mentors um people who have done it before a clear-cut path as to how to do it how to practice how to set up that was a challenge what are your biggest pet peeve about traditional medicine traditional medicine is it's important and I would never knock it because it's necessary. If you, God forbid, get in an accident and you sever your toe, I don't have herbs for that. Right. You know, um, I don't have vitamins for that. Traditional medicine is incredibly important, but I think my challenge with, with it is when it comes to chronic diseases or um, mental health, for example, there is a systemic deficit in the well in the system in in the program in the learning program um we're not taught how to help people get their life together and get their health in order we're we're more taught to prescribe pharmaceuticals so and that applies across the board um so that applies more to chronic diseases so you know um diabetes uh especially things like lupus so autoimmune conditions lupus rheumatoid arthritis um smaller issues like eczema which actually can be big issues migraines asthma obesity you know um there's 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 more to the root of these problems that then we look at in traditional medicine and it's nobody's fault I can't say that, you know, the doctors that graduate from UE are not good. They're fantastic physicians, amazing clinicians, but we were not taught how to help people manage stress and take care of themselves and eat well and nourish relationships and recognize where things in their lives are not working for them and it's adversely affecting their health. So you came in and you saw there was something lacking and you wanted to fill that. And that kind of offer you a little bit more fulfillment against kind of going like selling drugs, as you call it, drug dealing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, name three things that a person can do to improve their mental health immediately. Immediately. That's what everybody wants. Yeah, like instantly. How can I feel like, better can now? Feel better? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know that there's a way to do it immediately. Of course, in your nervous system, there are things that you can do to calm yourself. Um, which is something as simple as deep breathing, you know, your mental health is when you're too much in your mental, you're in your brain, you're in your head, 
and sometimes you know when it rains it pours so there is a flood of negativity fear um, you know everything that can possibly go wrong in your life can just flood you in that moment you know and that's where people have panic attacks and so on and then of course there's a drug for that <laughs> uh, what I would say is one of the most important things that we need to do is just breathe and bring yourself back into center and stimulate that relaxation response in your body and, and center yourself um, of course these are just tools right prayer is a huge one um, but sometimes we're just praying for things to change as opposed to praying to be changed so that we can deal with wow. the things wow. okay we go right that one down that's yeah. a big gem <laughs> <laughs> so it's amazing because it's like something as free as breathing like we don't have to pay for that at least not yet mm -hmm. <laughs> and, <it's, laughs> and we overlook that you know, so that breathing is one. Is there like two other things that you would recommend just to improve mood? Well, you're saying immediately, I'm having a hard time coming up with what to do immediately. But people, what I would say is that people underestimate the importance of what you put in your body and how it affects your mood. Mm -hmm. So if you're exhausted, you know, are you dehydrated? Are you drinking enough water? Are you having too much sugary drinks? Are you eating a lot of processed foods because you're so stressed? And these are not questions that you're asking like out of judgment. It's really because you want to be solution oriented. And sometimes we have to make an analysis and have a really honest look as to what is really going on in your life that has caused you to spiral at this point. So, and you have to pause to do that and really look around and be honest with yourself. And sometimes you don't want to be honest with yourself. You know, you feel like crap, you're exhausted, you might be overweight or, you know, underweight um, and wonder, you know, why is my life like this? Why do I feel this way? You know, life sucks. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest, like what is happening? Are you nourishing yourself? Are you drinking enough water? Are you fulfilled in your life? Are you in a relationship that doesn't serve you? I think the problem is in the question, what can you do immediately? And there's nothing you can do immediately, but you need to make a plan. And before you make a plan, you have to assess the problem. So I'm hearing a lot about, not just about what to do, but what not to do. So as you're saying, you know, stop the overthinking and take out the sugar and all that stuff. So it's, it's really like not what you should be doing, but what you should stop doing. Yeah, I think naturally, we want something to fix so we're like what can i do to add i want to add something here what can i take for inflammation right. doc yeah you know yeah. like what can i take for sinuses what can i do for this and that and they seem like simple questions but they're very complex because if you're having a problem that is affecting your quality of life which might be a symptom for example like migraines you know there are a million things that we can prescribe for migraines, but it's not getting to the root of the problem. So we're just scratching the surface exactly. all the time, and then when it gets filled back, we just scratch the same thing over and over. And exactly. there's this, this cycle going on. And it's a vicious cycle because you, you're having migraines, and this is just an example, you're having migraines, and then you're taking medicine, and that just happens over and over and over again. And medicine in itself, that medicine is not healing you. It's suppressing symptoms and it can be causing other problems in your life. So, sorry, in your health. So, for example, 
If you're taking too much Advil, it can mess up your gut after a while. And you're taking it because you have headaches. But what's going on in your life? Yeah. You know, what is, what is, why are you having recurrent migraines? Are, are, are migraines, are you in a job that you hate? Like, mm -hmm. is it that people lack knowledge or is it that it's also because of our lifestyle and the hustle culture thing that we have? Like people don't even like take the time. People might know it and say, well, I just don't have the time to get to the root of this. Mm -hmm. I just need a, a, yeah. a, a quick fix mm -hmm. and then I deal with it tomorrow. And then tomorrow never comes. And then yeah. you just keep repeating the same thing over and over. And I think it's a bit of both. Um, the life that we live these days is very fast paced. You know, I can't, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I get to meditate every day and I'm so <laughs> zen and everything is perfect yeah. and I have total control. No, life is tough. Yeah. I think these days, you know, it's tough in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, we're, you know, financially trying to keep our head above water, mm -hmm. you know, um, economically, it's, it's tough. Life mm -hmm. is hard. Mm -hmm. And we have, I think, lost ourselves in survival mode. And so you forget about the quality of life and, you know, yeah. people just live with symptoms which is unfortunate and it kind of becomes like a norm absolutely because everybody's stressed out yeah i feel like um everything is hard mm -hmm. so it's like we gotta pick the hard so it's either like we stop and get disciplined or we can have to deal with regret so it's almost like what do you want to choose because it is hard to just stop and say well i don't want to hustle today but then financially you might feel it mm -hmm. But then on the flip side, you may be losing out on your, on your health. So then you're not optimizing anyway, because you operate at half. As you said, people don't even like breathe. Yeah, you know? we don't. <laughs> <laughs> even sometimes like when I'm stressed out, I'm like. <gasps> yeah, I, remember. I remember you. I came to you and one of the things you had said, you said like, I'm literally just using like the top, like a, a small capacity in my lungs. Like mm -hmm. I'm just using the air on the top. I'm not like doing that and that, take, that makes such a big difference and when you become aware that you just you just pretty much just using that is like you're not optimizing <laughs> it's true um what I would say to that though is you know I meet people when they're obviously sick and they're not happy and they're unwell and they're having whatever is going on in their life and it is a big change and challenge to try to change your life so that you can be healthier it's not easy but I always say that there's a path and it's like a syllabus. So I went to medical school, you know, and there's a syllabus and we don't learn everything on the first day. We first get orientation, which is what I like in my first consultations too. It's like orienting people to right. what is going on in your life. Let's just have a look here. Kind of like a discovery. Correct. It's a discovery. Let's look at all the areas in your life that are dysfunctional and we need to get you on a path where we're working towards restoring function in those areas so that you get healthier and the most important thing is that you get on that path it's not about being perfect or you know drinking the green drinks and you know exercising every single day and having your whole life you know and having all the money to do everything no it's legit like where do i start I can start by first identifying where the problem area is. Maybe one of them is my nutrition. Maybe where I can start is just by drinking water. 
Yeah. Let me just start there. Start small. Start small. There is a commitment. You have to be committed to learning, to understanding that there are layers to why you have arrived where you have arrived. And we'll never know it all. So I, I think that how I battle it, um, I kind of like change one small thing, something that I know that I can change, right? And not just change, but be consistent with it. Yeah. I think most people might take on like such of a big goal and then they fail in a couple of days and then they just give it all up. So you just start with something like really small, 100%. as you said, like just drink more water, yeah. you know? And then when you start to feel different and then you see the results, it kind of gives you the intrinsic motivation to just keep going. I say, oh, you know what, let me add something else. Let me add something else, this, this health thing, you know? So I think that that's a good way to look at it. What are the, is there something that you see a common thread with your patients in Barbados? <sighs> Another heavy one is coming, guys. <laughs> Let's go. People live with symptoms for a long time and they think it's so normal. So they live with... <laughs> I don't mean to laugh because it's not funny, but it's... It's serious. People live with migraines for their whole life and think it's totally normal or it's just part of their life or their mom used to suffer with migraines so they have it. Eczema, asthma, autoimmune diseases so they live with like joint pain and rashes on the skin. A very poor quality of life that is unnecessary and, um, and it's not their fault. It's just, I think people have normalized being sick. Well, yeah, I just lay not sinking a little bit because it's real. Because yeah. you could adapt. Yeah. And, and sometimes if you never felt different, you don't know that you're sick. You don't know you're sick. You're just kind of in it. And when you say adapt, you adapt in the sense that you continue to live life the best that you can with what you have. But your body is not designed to live with such a burden so disease manifests eventually for sure and that's a problem mm. you know can worrying and stress bring on diseases oh for sure people don't really understand what stress is okay so we think of stress like I have a lot of stress in my life, whether it's marital stress, God forbid, <laughs> or <laughs> I don't think that's a good one to start with. <laughs> um, financial stress, relationship stress. Um, but what stress actually is, is when it translates to our physiology, it's the overactivation of the nervous system. And that can manifest itself as anxiety. And we have two sides to our nervous system. We have a fight or flight side of our nervous system where if there's any threat, so for example, if someone was to jump through this window, both you and I would go into fight or flight response. Right. And sometimes a phone call could do that to you. Definitely. Or an argument with a loved one or looking at your bank account <laughs> can put you into fight or flight. 
And what's happening on a physiological level is that your nervous system, which is like electricity, is firing towards your muscles and your brains during that time. And that's one side of the nervous system, muscle brains to help fight against any threat. And then on the other side of the nervous system, you have rest, repair, and digest, which is where electricity is going to your gut, to your heart, to your, for women, their womb, um, your liver, which helps to detoxify. It happens when you're sleeping. It's a rest, repair, and digest nervous system. And what happens is if you're in constantly in fight or flight response, First of all, they can't happen at the same time. So if you're constantly in fight or flight, then rest, repair, and digest suffer. You have insomnia, gut issues um, for women, hormonal issues, uh, because there's no electricity or like the electricity and blood flow is cutting out to those areas now. Wow. Um, and that happens over, a, because it's constant. If you're constantly in fight or flight, you're constantly stressed, the, the nervous system is overactivated in this direction, you suffer, you can't heal. You run in, you know, and at the same time, when we're stressed, we're likely not eating well, hydrating, not nourishing ourselves. Um, you, you, it's a vicious cycle. You start to deteriorate basically. So, and that's why you can't eat and run at the same time. You get a stitch because your body is taking up the electricity and blood flow is going to your muscles to keep moving. Mm -hmm. You can't digest while you're running or while you're while you're um in that stress response is that what a stitch is is that what happens when you feel yeah because there's lack of oxygen going to that area okay so you know you and that's an organ that's not in use at that time you're running you're in a fight or flight response your body is not thinking about digesting food it is managing what is ahead or, or what you're trying to do at that time which is run or get away from something so you're saying it's possible for someone to exist in flight or fight mode 24 7. most people live in fight or flight mode 24 7 which is why they get sick that's why we get sick we get tired digestive issues and i see i keep saying digestive issues because when you're in fight or flight and your gut is compromised you may be eating food or trying to eat healthy food but you're not absorbing nutrients that your body needs so it's not really what you eat it's what you absorb wow. another one guys <laughs> you are what you absorb not necessarily what you eat so you could be buying all the healthy stuff and like you could be eating but it's just not your body not digesting any no. of it and you're not healing you're not repairing, you're not resting. So how, how do you expect your body to function optimally when it's being stretched in one direction? So for someone that exists in flight or fight mode, what are some of the things they can do to get into the rest, repair and digest? Well, people who are in fight or flight most often, um, and I say this because I'm a human as well, and I find myself in fight or flight a lot as well, you know, when I'm stressed out. Um, they eat too quickly or they're eating and driving at the same time me yeah or on the phone and just shoveling food down because you know you're supposed to eat something but you then forgot that you ate 
the body at that time is not processing the food properly. Right. Um, that's one thing. So that's just a tip. Don't eat and do anything else. Eat, pray over your food, be present with your food. Don't watch TV, sit with somebody you love, or if you're at work, go to the lunchroom, sit down and eat, um, and take your time and chew because we inhale food and you know, digestion starts in the mouth. We have saliva that breaks down the food from the time it goes into our mouth, our teeth break it down and it prepares it for being absorbed when we swallow. But if you're not chewing properly or you're chewing very quickly and you're swallowing quickly, that food is sitting in your stomach and it's not going to get, you're not gonna get the bang for your buck then. You know, you went and paid for that salad. <laughs> you just like fill in a hole for a temporary, yeah. you know, and then and it's a problem nothing from it it's a problem and not only do you not get anything from from it it causes dysfunction oh, so it's instead of helpful it's being harmful yeah okay so you said that the food starts to break down from the time we put it in our mouths mm -hmm. digestive enzymes salivary chemicals that are in our saliva is built in there it's innate that when you start put food in your mouth, it breaks down the food. So you're starting to break down proteins, carbohydrates, and it prepares it. It's supposed to be like mush. That's what we call a bolus of food. It's mush, it's broken down in your mouth and then you swallow it. So it actually starts even before you put food in your mouth. From the time you start looking at food, you know your, mo your mouth starts to water? Yeah, so there's a chemical reaction yeah. from this looking. From the time that's, that visual stimulus of food, that digestive process is your body's priming. So your digestive enzymes in your stomach, you know your belly just grow? Yeah. <laughs> like when you wait her coming and bringing yeah. food. <laughs> yeah, you're just, you're, 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 you're getting ready. Then, yeah. And that is a physiological process yeah. and we're bypassing that. You know, when we do a drive through and just like, you don't even give your body a chance to settle down from your stressful day. You're in fight or flight and you're just shoveling that food down and not really being intentional and present with that sacred time of the day. It's such an important time where you're nourishing yourself. Sorry to interrupt, but just one favor. Remember to hit that subscribe button, please. I want to keep producing stuff like this so that I can share with you guys. Um, I don't have any sponsorship for the show yet, so it would be a great help if you can subscribe and you can share it with others, please. And let me get this following up. Thank you. Peace. All right, we're going back to the video. You can't achieve the things that you want to achieve or live life to its fullest potential if your health is not in order. If you're sick, you can't show up in the world the way that you want to. Mm -hmm. So, and sometimes we get so pigeonholed on what we want and what we need to do. It's more of an egotistical thing. It's not with purpose and intent. It's, I need to make this money. I gotta make this, I have to get this done. And it does not mean that you should hold back on your goals. You need a strategy. And at the foundation of your success is your health. So whether you're a singer, or a photographer, or a doctor, a lawyer, whatever you are, whatever gift you have for the world, you can't show up if you don't feel good. If you're low in energy, you're miserable, your your mental health is not great, you can't you can't fulfill that potential. Mm -hmm. So it requires a perspective shift. 
you have to change your perspective and really invest in yourself yeah so I, I i did this workshop recently and it was telling the people that came i asked them a question like what is the biggest asset in your business these are all like entrepreneurs who own businesses and so on i like everyone was talking about all the other like material stuff and it's like it's actually you like if something happens to you what's gonna happen especially like the one person business yeah like if you get sick then everything shut down and then you can't make it you still can't make money or are you optimizing at like half of your capacity basically so this puts things into perspective right yeah <laughs> you can't if you were if you're not well or you're too tired to show up for this interview this would not have happened right it can't yeah you can't and we don't want to i imagine well i don't want to just go through life just surviving or just getting by or just having enough energy to do i want to be energetic and um motivated and i want to feel good mm -hmm. and i want to feel strong mm -hmm. and i want to have clarity and i won't be prepared for the path you know you want to do this thing but you want to be prepared to do it and i always say to people that our health is multi-dimensional it is not just your physical health it is your physical health which is the lowest on the totem pole your mental health and your spiritual health and they're all intertwined and if you have misalignments in your physical health it will manifest psychologically and spiritually and vice versa so those are the three areas that need to be looked at when we're thinking about how i want to get healthy um and sometimes we're not prepared to look at all of them and that's okay but you have to start somewhere and i think the simplest place to start is with our physical health and i think most people can identify with this for something as simple as when i drink more water and i don't drink as much coke or i cut back on certain juices and i eat better i feel better it's like a domino effect yeah and, and if you feel better you produce better yeah work better yeah. and i think one of the this may hit nerve for some people but i think the problem with some people is that they want to feel better but they don't want to be better mm. we got another one guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah everything is a quick fix yeah but if, as you're right it's all about being and i think part of the being is the doing and it has to be like habits mm -hmm. so it's like a daily deposit that you gotta keep putting it's in a commitment and not just like a quick pill mm -hmm. or quick drink just to kind of fix it and go it's a commitment yeah. but it's not always a struggle it's a struggle at first because it's different it's different than what you're used to um, the body has to go through an uncomfortable transition to go from you know running around like a headless chicken drinking coke all day to you know sitting down in prayer two minutes in the morning or deep breathing drinking water and then starting your day it's not a, 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 a an immediate transition it's it's a commitment but the more you do it and you practice it it's like strengthening muscles it becomes part of your daily life it is really it's as cliche as it sounds it's a lifestyle, lifestyle. lifestyle. Yeah. it's a lifestyle so everything you're saying I, i'm hearing it like is everything is energy so the spiritual energy this physical energy and then there's like mental energy right so you're saying like you have to find ways to 
kind of nurture those and clear them which goes back to your point where you said you know um it's more of taking out stuff yeah because yeah. sometimes we think what do i need it's to add in, put in yeah. like your it's more like subtracting. Are, your pipes are clogged yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's what can we take out what we can what can we do less of mm-hmm. um to clear your energy less junk food less sweets less stress mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know less shallow breathing mm-hmm. small I, things i saw this thing um this analogy and it was called like spin spinning the plates so it's like you spin the plates on a stick right so like let's say you're spinning what we do in our lives is try to spin too many plates at the same time so each plate has to have like a momentum before you can leave that alone to then go and spin another one Mm -hmm. and then you're going to spin another one and then every now and then you got to kind of push one push one to keep it going so imagine those three plates, you master those first, and then you go and then try to do more. Mm-hmm. Some of us try to like try to do six at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, so you need to like subtract and say, all right, let me let me see if I can master this one first and then move from there. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. I'll look on that. It's like having a car. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not putting oil and water you don't service your vehicle occasionally, I think it's going to shut down. Yeah. Um, so what are your plans on how you're going about your journey professionally and your personal life? I don't know. Okay. I don't have a clear idea of how I will manage balancing a family work. But I know one thing for sure is my health is my priority. And it doesn't mean that everybody else or everything else is on the back burner but my physical mental and spiritual health is my priority and once that is in alignment everything else that comes after that is gravy because it just works out better that way when i am more connected with myself um when i'm more in my truth when i am feeling good because i'm adequately nourished and i'm not depleted i can make decisions from a sound place, I manage better, not spinning too many discs, as you said, plates, too many plates, as you said. Um, Anything can happen after that. So what that looks like for me on a daily basis, for example, is um, I usually go to the gym at like five in the morning. And I, to me, that's so important because it's before everything in the day happens. Um, nothing can get in the way of that at five in the morning nothing's happening there's no reason that I can't go to the gym at 5 30 in the morning and that might not work for everyone but it is a sacred part of my day where I can get up and exercise and give my body what it needs Um, preparing myself a nourishing breakfast which sometimes is just two eggs you know it's good protein with healthy fats Um, a slice of avocado you know a piece of plantain like People think that eating healthy has to be complex. Or expensive. Or expensive, and it, and it doesn't have to be. Um, so, you know, that's, those small things w- that are acts of self-care, which sounds so cliche, but life is cliche, right? But nourishing yourself is really what I think, that consistency is really what mounts um, success. You know, I'm better when I'm in my work, so seeing my patients, I'm clearer in my mind. Um, I'm more discerning. 
Um, I'm more loving towards my family and my husband because I'm in a better place energetically. I'm not exhausted and fatigued. And so you take care of yourself so that you can show up better mm -hmm. ultimately. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing from that is not really balance, but find harmony. Like how how you can get everything to kind of mesh together in a healthy way yeah and a way that it can be sustainable and it's not separate i think that's the other thing is that your health is not separate from your everyday operations your health is in, in the workplace and all of that is not separate from your physical health um, as you can see it's a domino effect if you have a good morning you go to work even if you have something challenging that day if you have not slept the night before and you have a challenge at work like somebody pisses you off. <laughs> um, you're not going to manage that well. <laughs> you're not going to manage that well. And that translates to everything else in life. You, how we interact with people, how we speak to people, how we speak to ourselves. You, you understand where I'm coming from? You can't pour from an empty cup. Cliche. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. It's true. So then it goes back to being, to having a strategy um in terms of like especially if you know you have like a task or a number of tasks to perform the next day mm -hmm. the day before that the way how you treat yourself and the way how you set up how much sleep you get mm -hmm. you know matters mm -hmm. absolutely and, the way, and what you eat too as well yeah and i think back to your question of what do most bajans um struggle with is um how do I navigate that? Where do I even start? It's like a mountain. Like, how do I start getting healthy? It's, you know, it, it can be very intimidating, exhausting, and people fa fear failure. So they don't even venture in that direction. So it's like, oh, well, I was like this my whole life. And, you know, I was always so, so, you know, kind of being, staying in that mindset it will it'll kill you eventually but and that's what we do here we help people get their lives together from a medical perspective that's what i do it's to assess someone to see where they're at in their life in total you know not just medically it's not an investigation to see what can i diagnose you with so that i can give you a a, a, a pharmaceutical regime it's what's going on in your life who are you? What have you been through? What is going on? Are you nourishing yourself? You know, are you having a problem with a relationship? Are you struggling financially? And these are not questions that are coming from a place of judgment, but it's an analysis to say, hey, let's, this is an open and safe space. Let's talk about this. What's really going on with you? But I must say that it is very different. Like, because mm -hmm. normally if I go to a doctor, a doctor never asked me what's going on in my life financially yeah. <laughs> or in my relationship if I go with a physical problem. Mm -hmm. Well, as I said, it goes back to what we were taught as physicians, what you are taught in medical school. You look for a certain list of symptoms and if you fit that description, then you have X disease and this is how we treat you. Right. Um, and that's, that's how it is. That's mostly how it's done. If you have a good doctor, They'll ask you, you know, are you okay? What's going on in your life? Um, there are layers. There are a lot of layers to it. You know, not everything requires a question about your 
relationships and finances you know what i mean but when you have people who are suffering really truly suffering or unhappy and not living life to its fullest capacity and really don't know why or how and don't know where to start um it warrants those questions we have to dig deeper beneath the surface to see what's going on with this perfect so you're getting, like, person really deep yeah any roots yeah how can we really help you and that's why we have counseling services here as well it's um is to help people to navigate and and discover themselves and be like okay what part of the problem am i playing what am I doing that's self-sabotaging without even knowing it? But this platform is really for a lot of like entrepreneurs and people who are ambitious. And is there anything that you want to share with these people that may be watching this mm -hmm. that are like constantly on the go or looking to get into a lifestyle to be constantly on the go? Mm -hmm. Is there anything you want to share with them? to get them ready for this journey or to continue a long journey in this successfully and healthy. Putting your health first does not mean that you're compromising your goals or going to fail. You don't have to run to get where you're going. You don't have to be unhealthy to get where you're going. You don't have to compromise your health to get where it is that you want to go. You can do both. And it's actually more important to do both. And it's more effective to do both. So what I would say for anybody in any field, um, just you have to take care of yourself. It is absolutely a priority. It's a priority for you and for your family and for your work because you will be that much better when you really have a good grip on your on your health. Okay. And in your journey, have you ever had any doubts on your vision? Plenty of times. When you when you embark on something that hasn't been touched on before, at least that you know of, it's you begin to doubt yourself and there are naysayers and there are people that will question what you're doing or find fault in, you know, in what you're doing or, you know, call you a quack, you know, but I think, I think it's normal to doubt your vision. It's okay. And we don't have to believe everything that we think you're allowed to have doubts about your goals and aspirations but don't allow them to cripple you they will always be there you will always have an inner critic that's over your shoulder saying uh, what are you doing you're not gonna make it or it doesn't make any sense or does that have an impact you don't have enough money to kind of embark on that journey or you have health issues so you'll never be able to do that that's a, a normal part of um, of human psychology I think is to have an inner critic that doubts what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to do so but use it constructively you know let it keep you on your toes so don't suppress it but use Obs it yeah give it a backseat don't let it drive, drive your car right, right, right. it's always going to be there you will always have fear that doesn't go away 
how have faith helped you to this point in your journey? <sighs> Trying not to go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Alright, uh, first let me let me let me bring it back. Uh-huh. Have faith helped you while going on this journey and got you to where you are today? Absolutely. Okay. You know? <laughs> Um, it's funny because when you are more aligned with yourself and with your with God, your goals are no longer your own. It's just it's a direction that you move in, and it no longer becomes about a goal of the ego, like Nahalinu may God do this, da da da. I'm gonna do this and be this and that, and no, it's about purpose and intention and sometimes on the path that doesn't manifest the way that you think it would and so there are detours and there's distractions but when my faith has kept me strong and and focused and i admit that there are times where you get distracted and discouraged but I, again, I think that it is so normal and I don't think people talk about that in their success stories. I don't think people talk about the fear and the failure that comes with, you know, going after the things that you know you're meant to do. Okay. What's next? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just moving on faith. <laughs> just moving on faith. Um... When we first embarked on this journey, um, I didn't realize how big the responsibility was. But what's next, I think, is helping develop a healthcare system that looks different from what we think it looks like. So not just a hospital, but really helping people to understand how health is your physical body, your mental health, your nutrition, how taking care of those things make you healthy and not necessarily getting IV treatment in a hospital. You know, so I think- They call it sick care. Yeah, sick care, care. yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is necessary because mm -hmm. when you're sick, you need care. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to reach to that point. And I think to achieve longevity, and true health, which is, you know, energy and having energy and being happy and motivated and feeling purposeful. And those are pillars of health, I think, uh, that are bled into by different things, by movement, fulfillment, food, nutrition. So I would say what's next for me is just continuing on this path that we've been on. And I say we because we have a team here and developing those areas and trying to provide that food, that movement, those avenues for people to be able to access um, in a knowledgeable way. If you had to see like the young Nahali coming in here you now and you had an opportunity, let's say she's 18 years old, what would you want to tell her? It would give her some licks. 
You would give her licks. I would tell her, calm down. Everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And you're safe. And the reason I say that is, it's not that I had a whole bunch of anxiety or anything like that. But, you know, when you're 18 years old and you're trying to establish yourself in the world and you think you know who you are and you're set in your beliefs, you think you know what you believe, you know, um, it's, it's humbling because you get crushed into another person to evolve mm -hmm. into being another person if that makes sense mm -hmm. so what i would say to my 18 year old self is just stay open and 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 be open to evolving and to change because i i think when i look back at who i was as an 18 year old i am not the same person so if anybody knew him when I was 18 years old, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you didn't, you, you didn't even envision this either, like where you are now, like you didn't, you didn't have this picture in your head. Not, not to this magnitude, no, mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. I, I don't think so. I always knew that I would probably do something different, mm -hmm. but I didn't envision it like this. And I'm just not the same person. And I think we need to it would be good for us to look at every version of ourselves not just our 18 year old self but like your 22 year old self 26 year old self mm -hmm. 30 year old self and look back and evolution. be like look it's okay you're gonna change mm -hmm. and evolve and grow and learn and i have to tell myself that now as well so that i don't become too rigid in what i think i want and what mm -hmm. i think needs to be done and what i think that the world needs to be mm -hmm. but it's too allow yourself to evolve and grow and be open and learn um in the right direction right if that makes sense yes it does perfect yeah. perfect sense yeah and it doesn't end i don't think mm -hmm. now that i know that i've lived 36 years of my life it keeps going as it long doesn't as you're alive <laughs> it doesn't end and i even see it in my seniors mm -hmm. like my elders mm -hmm. my parents mm -hmm. um and i see it in myself that you don't stop evolving and so don't be too rigid in your wants and your desires yeah you know stay open be fluid god's plan yeah god's plan 100 <laughs> that's it it's god's plan it's not your plan it's god's yeah because yeah. it was our plan to do this for a while mm -hmm. this interview mm -hmm. and it happened like two years after yeah like divine time yeah i and guess you you were completely different two years ago right we, yeah we both were we were both very different it's true <laughs> yeah so it it's happened true. at the right time so yeah. thank you for meeting with me thank you for having me and uh having this platform for myself and for other people who are trying to do good work in the world yes